This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. And welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm your host, and I lead the ministry here at Parenting for Faith. Um, I'm part of a team along with Becky Sedgwick, Kate Irvin, and Lucy Rydcroft. And we're supported by the wider team at BRF, uh, which enables all ages to grow in faith in different uh, ways. We've got four different ministries, Messy Church, Anna Chaplaincy, Living Faith, and Parenting for Faith. So you might have come across some of those before. And I'm going to be chatting to two members of the Parenting for Faith team, Becky and Kate, in just a moment about what if my children are teenagers or adults? Is it too late? Have I missed the boat? Spoiler, no, no, you have not. Uh, But we're going to be sharing why and some really practical ways that using the Parenting for Faith tools might look a little bit different if you're using them uh, with teenagers or with adult children or in your grandparenting. Um, So we're excited about that. But I just wanted to share as part of that, that we released a book, Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith, last year. So it's fairly new if you haven't got hold of that, by Rachel Turner, our founder. It's so helpful and we want everyone to be able to access it, even if you're not a reader. So if you like reading books, uh, absolutely go and buy it right now. In fact, do that anyway. Do it even if you don't like reading books. Um, But we're also making a course so that you can explore it with other people. And we're filming that in the next few months. So if you work with teenagers, if you're a youth leader, we are looking for a few more people to be involved in that filming. So just ping us a message. Uh, We would love to hear from you. This is the very last episode in this season. Uh, We have 12 episodes in each season. So we will be back on the 18th of April. And season six is going to be a little bit different. We've been looking at very specific things for this season. uh, And so some will have been more applicable to you than others. But in our next season, every single episode is going to be applicable to everyone. Because we're going to be asking, what can we learn from our kids about our own relationship with God? So we are God's children, he is our parent, and sometimes we forget that. We forget how to approach him and what that means. Um, But if we've got children or young people in our life, we've got an example of a parent-child relationship in our normal everyday. And no, it's not perfect. There are lots of things um, that we need to be aware of when using that analogy. But God does describe himself as our father in the Bible. So we're going to be digging into that and all sorts of different ways that we can do that. Um, And that's going to be a preview of a book that we've got coming out in July, a book that I wrote called Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide, which is really along these themes. So stay tuned. If you're not already, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Uh, That makes sure that you don't miss any episodes. And it was also really helpful for making sure that other people know that we exist. Uh, If you've got one minute, something that you could do that would really, really help us as well is to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform that you listen to us on. Um, Click where it says Parenting for Faith. It looks different in different places, but there should always be an option to rate, review and subscribe. And we'd really appreciate that. Um, And it means you will get a a ding on your phone um, on the 18th of April when the next episode comes out. 
you can also sign up to our mailing list to receive notifications when each podcast episode goes live. And obviously, if you follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, you'll see little clips of the podcast as well. Final thing to mention before we get into the interview um, is that we've got our next pop-up small group coming up on the 16th of May, where we're going to be discussing how to talk to children and young people about exams and tests. I'm aware some exams and tests have started already. There's been lots of coursework going on, oral exams, practical exams. And I'm aware that over the Easter holidays, uh, for lots of you, that's going to involve your helping your children and young people to do some revision and that kind of thing. But how do we talk to them about it? We want them to do well. We want them to be able to do what they want to do next. But our children and young people are under so much pressure. It can feel like their results in these are the thing that defines them. It can feel a big weight. And so we really want to dig into how to talk to them about that, how to frame it for them. So do make a note of that. Gather together with some other people. Either stick it on in your church if that's an option or invite a few people around to a living room uh, or a watch on your own and then meet up on Zoom or any other video calling platform to chat to other people. Uh, that would be great. But over now to my conversation with Becky Sedgwick and Kate Irvin. So Becky and Kate, would you like to introduce yourselves? Um, tell us a bit about you and what you do here on the Parenting for Faith team. Uh, well, I'm Becky and I've been part of Parenting for Faith for nearly seven years, which is a very long time Ooh. I've discovered. I know. Um, my official job title is Resources Coordinator, but basically it means I get to kind of oversee the production of books and courses and the written stuff and website stuff. Um, but we all muddle in, truly, we all do a bit of everything. Oh, and a bit about me. I'm uh, a mum to an adult child who's uh, 29, which doesn't seem possible. And uh, that's the core of me, I guess. Fantastic. And how about you, Kate? Hi, I'm Kate and I am the support coordinator. So I support churches, uh, the children, youth workers and the church leaders uh, to run courses and to support the parents within their churches and the grandparents as well. Um, I have three children in um, their 20s and I've been with Parent of Faith for three years. And before that, I was a children's and youth worker in our local church. And tell your fun fact, Kate, that we always dob you in for. What, el what else do you do? Well, the rest of my time, I work for a few days for Parenting of Faith, and the rest of the time I am <clears throat> making fudge and helping my husband run a uh, three fudge shops in the Cotswolds. So, yeah, always good fun. Never a boring moment. She is a great person to have on the team, not just for her, not just for her fudge, but we do appreciate that. So I wanted to ask you, um, there's a question that comes up quite a lot. Uh, it's either a question that people ask us directly or it's a reason they walk past us and don't want to talk to us. Uh, and I think both of you got some interesting experiences and insight in this. So something we often hear is, oh, parenting for faith isn't for me. Uh, you don't know my family, you don't know my circumstances. I've left it far too late. My children are teenagers or my children are adults now. Um, so I've missed the boat. I, I won't be having anything to do with your stuff. How uh, would you respond to that? I want to give them a hug, to be fair. I think, you know, because I think as um, as Christians, we grow up with these dreams for our children, don't we? And we invest in them when we do our best. We take them to church. We, we, we read Bible stories and we do all those things. And we it's, it's as if you have the most wonderful gift in the world and you want to give it to your child. And if they maybe don't pick it up 
it's 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 hard you know mm. but i think the thing i really want to say is are you still parenting your child even though they're 37 or they're 22 or they're 55 if you're still parenting your child then you can still parent them for faith because they're not very different yeah yeah I agree. I think parenting faith tools are for all ages. And I can remember being on about week three of the course when I ran it at the church and suddenly realizing actually it's a discipleship course alongside a parenting course. So I use the tools all the time with people of any ages, including my kids, because you can allow windows into your own spiritual life whilst you're having a conversation about everything and anything. And um, it just kind of pops up. And when you discover those tools and start using them in your own life you suddenly realize how easy it is and actually it's not just a extra thing to do it's just something you can talk about your answers to prayer things that have been going on in your own life um and how you've um, connected with god through them and how you've walked with god and how everybody else can walk with god and they have that choice and it is about choice isn't it we all know that um, yeah and i think it's about saying as a parent i want the best for my child and as as they get older they go through different stages don't they so when they're 18 you're like stressing about uni or college or their first job and then they uh, get a bit older and it's maybe worried about the relationships or you want to see them settled in a career or you know and then things happen good things bad things they they get married or they get sick or you know they move away and there's lots of things that happen when they're grown-ups that you haven't had to coach them through as children you, know, you don't you don't get to coach your your six-year-old about the world of work or um about divorce or what happens when somebody dies we you know but there's lots of new things that happen that we still need somebody on that journey with us don't we you know and i mean my mum is literally 87 and very elderly very frail very poorly but i still look at her and think oh my goodness this is what faith looks like in an 87 year old who's you know losing her memory a lot, finding life really hard, but it's still really big for her. And I find that incredibly influential in my own, looking ahead, what my next bits look like. I've got a guide, I've got other people, and you can do it in church as well. You look at these people and you say, oh, this person, you know, um, has had this experience of sickness and now I'm maybe I'm facing that same thing. And our children are navigating life and, you know, we've got a pile of wisdom the bible doesn't talk about gray hairs being wise for just for sentimental reasons my daughter often says to me how do you know that and i just go because i'm old but i'm not that old but simply because you accumulate knowledge don't you and, mm. and that stuff of what it feels like to do life with god is something our children we think they need to know and you know they might be receptive to they might not but you know we can still be that person who's saying this is what life with God looks like. Yeah, it's stories as well, isn't it? I think that, you know, if you're natural storytellers, which we yeah. are, um, all of us, I think, are natural. We do it all, tell stories maybe in a different way, but it's telling stories. And I think particularly um, looking back over the last few years when maybe we could access churches easily, um, even when we could just have like six people around a table, actually sitting people around the table and having dinner together, and naturally, stories of faith come up. Um, and, yeah, I think that's been a great way of mm. sharing 
um, faith stories, not even that have happened to you, but you hear our stories from other people. And then it's like it's passing on of how God has been involved in, like say, the good moments and actually the really grotty moments and um, sharing yeah. how we've walked through these moments. But it, but it isn't, I just refer, it's not really not the same as parenting your, your child, you know. I, read, mm. I was reading this thing and it was talking about how in parenting we go from 100% control when you've got your newborn and you, you control everything about their lives. And you relinquish control, don't you? As they get old, you say you can go out, you know, you're old enough to go into town, but I want you back by one o'clock or whatever. And 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 you, you relinquish control and go to influence. And I think, you know, there's lots of variables, isn't there? When you're a parent of an adult child, look, there's lots of practical ones like, do they live around the corner or are they a thousand miles away? Are they busy? How old are they? You know, do they feel confident, settled? And the faith one's a big one. Do they share my faith or not? And I, I think my big thing is to say, that you're not done with faith just because you've left home you know your journey with we, we're journeying with god whether we know it or not through our whole life and maybe our job as parents is just to walk alongside people on that journey um and just to know that god's god's involved in this as well mm. this you know it isn't just down to us and and your relationship changes and you know, maybe the way you, what communicates faith for you, maybe your family is one where you can talk about things, but if you can't, you know, what can you do to just build those great relationships? Don't let faith become a bone of contention. Mm. And and a way that you've really helped me with this, Becky, is when we were talking about this the other day, you described it as, you know, there can be this idea that until they're 10 or 11 or whatever, we Mm. do stories at bedtime and we Mm. say grace and we do some activity sheets and take them to church. And then, you know, we wait and see, is it a pass or fail? Do they, do they love God? Do they want to come to church? Yes or no. And it, and it can feel like a very binary thing. And then there can be a lot of um, guilt and sadness attached to that if um, it feels like they've come out the other end and they don't have a relationship with God or they're not interested in church but the way you reframed it for me was actually we're all on a journey we're on a journey our children are on a journey and there are points where um, we connect with God in different ways points where we're really close to him points where we feel more distant from him same for church Um, And actually, our job as parents is to journey alongside our children, however old they are and wherever they are with that at the moment. And it's not this throw it or throw all the stuff at them and then see if it's worked. Do you know what I mean? The sort of. um, I mean, I was really shocked coming out of COVID. Uh, I wasn't keen to go back to church. I'd been a sort of if you're not in church on Sunday morning person, I felt like I was an alien. You know, it was so Mm. embedded in me. And suddenly I was like, oh, I may have fallen out of love with Sunday mornings. And I was really shocked. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I, I, church isn't the be all and end all of being a Christian. I think even our young people feel that sometimes and adults, I don't go to church. So somehow, you know, this is wrong. Don't get me wrong. Church is a hugely important part, but church is actually a community of people. If your young person or your adult child doesn't want to go to church, there's nothing to stop you inviting some really cool Christian people around for dinner Mm. or to you know to to go out and spend a day with another family or, or whatever it is you know we don't i don't i think the thing is you can't tell where somebody is on their faith journey by do they go to church yeah and you know i've got a story of, of a friend who walked away from church for for personal reasons age 16 came back 40 years later and it, it, this person looked like they were dead to god 
utterly. Everything about them was not interested. But the story that came out later when they came back to Jesus was of this thing where he'd been tugging at their heart. For such a long time, there was a Bible that was the childhood Bible that they never got rid of. And there was a an accidental turning on Premier Christian Radio one day when they couldn't tune in in the car. And there was a, a comment from someone. And there was this little journey of God's nudges that we hadn't been aware of at all. And it looked to us like, done deal, no good, failed. And actually God was on the case. And it was so important to hear that he'd been on the case. Yeah. I do think that sticky faith element as well yeah. come across the book. Um, I know Scripture Union did a big tour probably about six or seven years ago and how important other relationships in your children's lives are yeah. and how um, other people can speak into your kids' lives often far more yeah. than we can as mums and dads. Um, again, don't like to keep looking back at COVID, but actually that was something I know was missing from our own family's lives for a long time. There was not that access to um, grannies and grandpas, you know, inverted commas, that actually had a lot of influence on my kids' lives that suddenly weren't, it was hard to communicate, but actually how important it is to seek these people out um, and see who they connect with, because it, it is sometimes the most unlikely people that they just um, yeah. get on with and have that conversation. And again, you know, what, what responsibility do we have in other children's lives apart from our own kids' lives? Who are we talking into? Who are we spending time with? Who are we catching for a hot chocolate every now and again? Um, and supporting and walking alongside, because it's, we know it takes a whole church to raise a child and a parent. So yeah, that's so yeah. hard as well, isn't it, to speak into And, and I, th I think too, it's how we pray, because I know that I'm often really good at praying about any situation. And essentially, in my mind, I, I zoom to the, the resolution, whether it's peace in Ukraine or it's somebody getting better. And I, I pray for that bit. And, you know, I imagine that particularly if your child's walked away from faith or they're struggling, um, my daughter at the moment is not recovering very well from complex surgery. And you're like, oh, and everything in me is saying I want her healed and everything. But, you know, it can be really helpful to ask God for your next step because we can get very stuck in the impossibility of, you know, this is a child whose relationship is struggling or who has walked away from faith or whatever it is. And, and actually God's always got a next step and it can be a really simple one. I like give them a call today or remind you about that thing or, you know, what's my next step. And it might be to sit tight and watch, but it might be, to do something, um, you know, and I think too, if you're confident enough or your family dynamics allow talking about faith, you know, not to feel that because my child isn't wearing faith on their sleeve, it's not something they're interested in. People are really fascinated by faith. They want to, you know, who wouldn't be? There's this people like, we're not that weird. And we've, we've got stories of a God who's supernatural in, in, in intervening in our lives. And that's powerful. And sometimes it's got wrapped up, the faith thing's got wrapped up in, I don't like church or it's behaviour or something. You know, try and get underneath. What's stopping someone loving and knowing God like we do? Is it a perception thing? Have they been hurt? You know, maybe, you know, ask God about that, you know. But we've got this wonderful relationship. And, and to also to think about Christianity as a relationship more than a set of behaviours, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Has been and so alongside, 
Yeah, I, I think the big thing is, um, you know, I, I've known people, we, we've all known people who've felt they needed to walk away church, maybe because their lifestyle wasn't something they assumed the church didn't approve of, or because their um, choices, other, other people were because they have massive questions that are unanswered, but they could be hypothetical scientific questions or real ones like, I got hurt and God didn't care, you know, to try and get behind. Um, and But have those big conversations about God and not be ashamed, you know, got mm. some... You know, not don't feel not shame's the wrong word, but don't feel you have to hold back for fear of offending. You know, without rubbing people's nose in it. You know, he's he's fascinating. Let's talk about him. Love it. Thank you so much, both. That's been really helpful. Um, I just wanted to highlight a few projects that we've got coming up that could be a next step for you, uh, or might be a way to take this a little bit further. So many of you know that the Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith book uh, came out last year and we're actually in the process right now of filming a course to go alongside that. So if you've got teenagers or a bit younger or a bit older um, and want to journey alongside some other parents and think about these things, uh, do know that that's coming out. The book is obviously available now. We'll put a link in the show notes if you want to read that. Because as we've been talking about, the tools and the principles are all the same, whether you're parenting a, a, a small child or a teenager or an adult. Um, but some of the examples and the context looks a little bit different. And sometimes it just really helps to have really specifics of, OK, this is what it looks like with a, a teenager going through a relationship breakup or struggling with exam stress or, you know, those are not things that are relevant to five year olds. And um, so it's really helpful. Um, but also just to say that Becky is no, very nearly finished, aren't you, Becky? Um, yeah. Writing a book on grandparenting for faith. Um, and that really is going to be thinking about how grandparents can help their children to meet and know God. Um, but it's also going to be touching on how to continue walking alongside adult children in this, whether they are in a close relationship with God at the moment or not. Um, and all the different variables that we've touched on there. So that's a bit of a spoiler. I was going to say don't tell anyone, but you can. It's OK. Um, that will be out in January 2024. And we're developing a whole load of resources to go alongside that. So if you're a grandparent or you're a parent of an adult child, but not a grandparent, uh, just to say that is coming. And uh, we hope that will be really useful to you. As usual, we like to end the podcast with a question to ask your child or young person to start a great conversation. This week's question is this. What have you changed your mind about as you've grown up? Have a great conversation. Be ready to share if they ask you the same question back. It's a really good one. What have you changed your mind about as you've grown up? Have a brilliant time over Easter. We will be back on the 18th of April with season six of the podcast. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.